This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Wednesday, June 3rd, 2020, and my guest is no other than David Amell of Android Authority. Hi, David. How are you? Hey, uh, doing about as good as I can do uh, on yeah. June 3rd of 2020. <laughs> it's a pretty crazy time we live in, right? Yeah, very. Wow. But we're getting phones. The saga continues. Yep. We're trying to our best to keep you, the audience, informed of the tech shenanigans because that's our jobs. And so we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff today. I really want to start, David, with your review of the Samsung Galaxy A51. We mm-hmm. haven't really discussed this phone on the show much because I don't have a review unit. Yeah, we had to buy one. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because it's kind of doing been doing the rounds, though. A lot of people have been reviewing it because with the pandemic right now and the economy people are really looking at spending less money on a new phone, right? Yeah. So iPhone SE, you reviewed it, the new one. uh, And now this A51, which actually I think came out before the SE technically. I think it was at least announced before the SE, but it was hard to get a hold of until kind of after. But it had come out in like different markets, I believe. And it's available in all these different variants and whatnot. But like in the US, it only has like one variant. But in India, it's in three variants. And it's just, it's very confusing. But it is a Samsung phone that outsells their flagships. In fact, it's the second best selling phone after the iPhone 11, as you mentioned in your video. Yeah. Yeah. So do we, do we care? Is it important? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I, I really wanted to like this phone because for the same reason that we were just talking about, like the iPhone SE is so good and it's $400. Um, right. And the people that don't want iOS or more particularly want to use Android for a number of reasons, they don't really have a lot of new options that are up to that quality standard as the iPhone SE, right? And that's because like the iPhone SE has the newest processor that's in the iphone 11 series uh and then it's got ios and so like the combination of those two things lets it run like really really well whereas android is not really optimized for any particular phone um even the pixel phones are not necessarily optimized for android um and so because of that it's like four gigabytes of ram is the is the variant that they sell in the united states that's the 399 dollar model Although on Amazon, it's already like... I was going to say, you can get it for 280 some places now. It's kind of insane, right? It's crazy discounted already on Amazon. It's yeah. like $280 or something. But the problem is 4 gigabytes of RAM, like we saw in the Pixel 3 series, is just not enough to run Android smoothly. Um, and the experience was just really bad. It's also running in a mid-ranged Exynos processor, which we've always kind of known Exynos processors are not the best. Yeah, I wonder how much is the RAM. I mean, the RAM is legitimate an issue, right? I, I, yeah, I, I mean, it was dropping apps from memory constantly. Like, But I think, I have a feeling the Exynos is a big part of the problem too. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure because like there was like a lot of stuttering and just like general jankiness that you don't get from most modern Android phones. Um, and I want it, honestly, in my review, and at the end of my video review, I think I said this, 
I, if you need to buy a phone for $399 and you need it to be an Android phone, then just buy a phone, buy a flagship from a year or two ago. Like, actually, honestly, <laughs> save your money and buy a OnePlus 7T for $499. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's $499. You can buy a 6T for, for like 300 bucks, like $299. There you go. And those phones are great. Like the 7T is really good. The 6T is really good. And even the OnePlus 5 series has Android 10. You can buy so, the 7 as well. Like it's not official yeah. in the US, but I believe there's a bunch of retailers selling it. I'm sure, yeah. And it's, it's about 399 which I think is still a better buy because a better processor than the 6T. Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, true. But you're right. I mean, here's my, my gut feeling after reading your review and like Dieter's review on The Verge mm-hmm. and a bunch of other people that reviewed the A51. I actually reached out to Samsung and said, hey, send me a review in it. I want to I wanna try this for myself. They haven't responded. They never send me anything, so I don't expect much. But at the same time, it's like, to me, this is the anti-iPhone SE at the same re- like MSRP price point, right? Because the display is super nice, right? Mm -hmm. The camera system is obviously not as nice in terms of the end result, but offers way more flexibility and features. Yeah. You know, on paper is more, you know, advanced because there's so many cameras and lenses and choices and ultra wide and whatever. Yeah. But I feel like it's completely the reverse in terms of like RAM and processor and performance, right? Where we know the iPhone SE has like essentially one of the fastest chips in the business today as its core, mm-hmm. this thing is like cutting corners with four gigs of RAM and some middling Exynos. I recently played with the Moto Action, the Moto One Action that uh, came out last year. And that's also an Exynos. I don't think it's the same uh, level of quality. Like it's not as high, uh, as mid-range of an Exynos as the A51. But man, it's Wait, just... Wait, a Motorola phone with an Exynos phone? Yes, believe it or not, the Moto One Action. I did not know that that existed. <laughs> I yes. knew the Action existed. I didn't know that Motorola phones used Exynos It's crazy. That's and weird. so it's, uh, it's interesting because I've had the same sluggish experience with that Exynos as well. I think the fact of the matter is that just like Qualcomm is so far ahead of everybody else. In, in in the Android space. Other than Apple, right? <laughs> yeah, in the Android space. Because like every Exynos phone, like people have been, been complaining for years that the flagship Samsung phones are way worse uh, globally. The global models that run the Exynos processors. I mean, there like, was a time they were competitive. It's, it's mostly the battery life, honestly. Yeah. It's just way worse. Today, it's basically you either go Kirin or you go Qualcomm. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think anybody else, and Apple, of course. I think that MediaTek is getting there, but they're still not quite there. I mean, they're getting close. Like I, um, I don't know if you, you know that I write review phones for hot hardware right now. Mm-hmm. And I contributed to a story recently that just got published yesterday, I think, about AI performance on, on mobile processors. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran some benchmarks on the Securin chips and the, uh, the, um, the MediaTek chips. Because I have a bunch of phones, like I have a Reno 2Z, which has the P90 from, from uh, MediaTek, which about a year ago was their top right. flagship chip. So it's kind of, yeah. if you think of last year, 2018, 2019 timeframe, you know, we had the 855 and we had 
you know, the P90 from Miatek, and it holds its own in AI performance. It's not as mm-hmm. good as the best, but it's really surprisingly good. So I think Mediatek is getting there. Yeah. But I feel like Exynos has just fallen behind. By the way, the one action from Moto is a 9609. What version is the A51? I don't know offhand because I'd never heard about it before and had to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can look it up. It's not very hard. But yeah. anyway, um, so I mean... If they had a faster processor and say six gigs of RAM on that, would you change your tune on this phone? Yeah, I think so. Cause, cause my my whole thing for the last number of years has been like, phones are kind of phones, and the only thing, well, especially like in in Android, right? And the only the only thing that is going to like separate them is like camera performance, battery life, and you know, if there's no jankiness, then like, why do you care what processor your phone has in it? And I'm not a Correct. mobile gamer, so I know that like for for people that game, that might be a thing. Even though most games on phones are already locked to like 30 to 60 FPS anyway, and as long as you can hit that 60 FPS, then anything past that doesn't really matter. <laughs> so, like I think uh, Andrew Martinick from Android Central wrote an article recently that said most people don't know what processors in their phone, and that's okay. And I think it was talking about how like when the Pixel 5 comes out, right, if that has a mid-range processor like it's supposed to have, if it runs smoothly, who cares? Like, who cares? I agree. And and I was going to say, like, I think the this is a good segue towards our next uh, topic in a way, because I've been playing with the Moto G stylus and the Moto G Power, which are mm. powered by Snapdragon 665. And mm. I recently reviewed the the TCL 10L and 10 Pro, which are powered by Snapdragon 665 and 675, respectively. Mm. And all of these phones are running pretty stock builds of Android that have been somewhat optimized for that device. Yeah. Like they're not, you know, just stock versions that have been just pasted on there. They've They've tweaked them a little bit to work best on that platform and honestly they're not sluggish they're they other than playing games on them where you really start noticing performance uh differential between that and a 7 or 800 series snapdragon yeah they are perfectly fine so you're right i think it shouldn't matter but the fact that it still matters on these exynos chips yeah and it is a bad sign by the way i just looked it up and the samsung Galaxy A51 is a 9611 Exynos. Oh, okay. So slightly higher. Um, it doesn't say the details here, but whatever. The bottom yeah. line is they're probably very close. They're part yeah. of the same family. I, I mean, I ran, but when I ran benchmarks on it too, it was like, your device defeated 13% of users. <laughs> I was like, oh God. Oh that's boy. Not, well, you know, bad. that's the same thing as the TCL 10L. When I ran the mm. benchmarks, uh, I reviewed the 10L and the 10 Pro for, for hot hardware and um, they both kind of slot like, you know, most of the f- devices we review there are flagships, and so mm-hmm. our database is mostly flagship results, including like eight last year's flagship, and yeah. it was all like so like yeah. it was so at the bottom end of it. But I think that didn't really uh, translate with the the TCL phones and user experience being poor. And what you're saying here is A51 translates in a poor experience. Which yeah, it's really sad. It's unfortunate because, again, like the screen is really good on that phone. Right. Um, it's got, like you said, very versatile cameras and they're not even that bad. Like obviously certain colors like greens and reds and blues are like really oversaturated. But that's super classic for that's Samsung, Samsung cameras. Though. It, do you see a lot yeah. of that extra sharpening that Samsung's oh, famous yeah. for? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, God. 
Yeah. Why it's do just, they have to do that to us? But I mean, if you take those things away, it's not that bad for a for a $280 effective phone, right? And I, yeah. I reviewed this phone because I was hoping that it would be the Android iPhone SE, you know? Um, and I guess that's what the Pixel 4a is going to have to be, but Google keeps delaying and delaying this thing. So <laughs> it was supposed to be May for IO, and then it was June, and now it's apparently July. And it's just like, geez, are you ever going to release this? Because like Apple's going to sell an absolute boatload of iPhone SEs if you don't get these out. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, you can't really compare them, right? I mean, the reality is I don't see people switching from an iPhone ever at this point with the SE existing to an Android phone. There's no, no reason but for there any are, iPhone I, user to go But back. I know a number of people that are considering switching to iOS from Android because of the oh, SE. because of the SE. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, a real, that's a real thing. I think what the, you know, the 4A is going to, and we're going to talk about the 4A XL in a second, but I think the, the 4A is going to be you know, exactly what we expect, but they're going to be a little more aggressive on price than we expect. Yeah, it's supposed to be 350 I think. Yeah, and I think at that price, I mean, it's going to be hard to beat for those of us who are Android users and cannot live with iOS. Mm-hmm. Because, I, look, frankly, I have an SE. I bought it. Uh, Theo's going to get it as their main phone it's because they have the old SE, and we're going to switch them over soon. And mm. I, I love that phone. But I cannot live with that 16 by 9 display. With the, <laughs> like, it's too small. I can't deal with the bezels. I can't deal with the low resolution. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful display. There's no doubt about it. It has all the good specs that you need. And the camera is solid. I do wish it put the 11 main camera and not the XR's main camera in there, though, because night mode missing is very vexing on that mm-hmm. phone to me. I mean, mm-hmm. it still performs. Don't get me wrong. But if you have an iPhone 11 as well, which I do and you do, uh, it's kind of like night and day. Part of yeah. the puns. It's it's yeah, night yeah, photography. Yeah. But yeah, so so let's talk about the G because okay, the Moto G, I just mentioned the stylus and the power, which came out in February. And I mean they were announced in February and came out like two two months ago or something, just before mm-hmm. the Moto Edge Plus. Which I also reviewed for Hot Hardware. But anyway, they just announced the uh the what is it? The the Moto, Moto G, G fast. fast and the <laughs> Moto E. What a name, G Fast. Yeah. But you see, that's the thing. It goes back to what we we're just saying. This thing has a Snapdragon 665, just like the Moto G Stylus and G Power. Mm-hmm. And they are naming it fast because they've made it clear that they've spend some time optimizing the experience. So that phone stays fast. It's running Android 10. Basically, they took a Moto G Power and they put a 720p display instead of a 1080p display of the same size and same hole punch configuration. They lessened the front camera a little bit and then they put a smaller 4,000 milliamp hour battery versus 5,000. And then the biggest kicker, and this is where I want to, I want your take on this, is they lowered the RAM to three gigabytes from Yeah. So $50 difference, although you can now buy, I think the, you can buy the G Power now for 229 instead of 250 on sale. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for $30 difference, I personally would buy the G Power. But, <laughs> yeah. but we also know, but you know, David, you know what's going to happen. The G Fast is going to drop in price within yeah. a month, right? We're going to see true. it instead of 199, we're going to see it at 179 or something like that. So, so what's your take on them cutting those particular corners? Because to me, the display is fine. I could kind of live with it. The battery is fine too, but the the RAM, I can't, I can't believe they did that. Yeah, 332 I mean, versus 664 is a big yeah, $50 difference. It's you know? a huge difference. Like six gigs of RAM is pretty optimal for Android and cutting anything below that is really dangerous. Like even on the A51, 
when I had all the apps cleared, it was using two gigabytes just on the system. And obviously part of that is because I'm sure One UI is not the cleanest. Well, I was going to say One UI is probably a pig and it probably runs yeah. best on, on flagships, right? Yeah, probably. And and I get that. And if, if Motorola spent time optimizing it, then hopefully it'll use less RAM. But like three gigabytes of RAM is so low. Like I, who was I? I was reading someone's review and they basically just tallied up all the memory that individual apps that they use daily use. And uh-huh. after using like, five apps their their four gigabytes was full <laughs> it was just Jesus like Christ. yeah it was bad so three gigs is just like yeah when it's when it's that slim of a price difference the power is just such a better phone what i don't really understand from motorola is like it seems like they come up with like what's a feature that people like let's make a phone completely based on that and then make 50 of them it's just <laughs> like know. it's so weird and the name <laughs> The naming too is just oh, the like, fast. Yeah. don't call it the fast where there are phones that are faster than it. Like the power is faster than the Moto Fast. It's, it's like, like they, you know, it's kind of like, I feel uh, like, you know, they used to have the Moto G numbered, right? The number G and there was yeah. a plus version and then there's a regular. And those and were good phones. The like the Moto G7 was awesome. Right. And then there's now the stylus, but I'm surprised they didn't do like um, a play. Remember the play was the cheap version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So why didn't they call this the Moto G Play? I I do not know. Because fast is a bit weird. Continue. Fast is extremely weird. That <laughs> like, <laughs> was like the I saw that during the briefing, and I was just like, "What the heck is this?" But at the same uh, time, the price one ninety nine is perfect for for this pandemic, and it's going <laughs> to go down in price from that. Yeah. But um, again, here's the beef I have with all the Moto Gs for the last. For the last ever, forever, the US models, since the Moto G, which I've had every single version of the Moto G in my hands, mm-hmm. I've always loved them. I've reviewed many of them for Geekspin and other f- folks. It's the lack of NFC. Mm. Like, especially, okay, so it was pretty stupid for them not to come out with NFC on the G Power and the G Stylus at their price points when we'd been bitching about no NFC on every prior G series. Mm-hmm. But that was technically that was announced before COVID. So I can, you know, excuse them. But the fact that they launched the G Fast, oh God, that name. The G Fast. <laughs> um without NFC, even though, you know, I know that it takes a while to develop a phone. It was probably etched in stone by the time COVID hit. But I kind of feel like there's going to be a version of the G Fast for South America or something with NFC because they always <laughs> seem to do that, right? Yeah. But the G Series in other markets has NFC. So I would be really vexed if I find out there's a G Fast with NFC somewhere because right now, contactless payment is really the only way. I'm the person yeah. in my household right now that does the shopping because I'm generally the healthier one and the better immune system one. Mm-hmm. And I'm using google pay for everything yeah and i've used google pay for amazing and i did too yeah and it's not new for me but our point is particularly right now like i cannot believe you want to sell like you're totally hitting all the boxes by making a 200 hundred dollar phone guys yeah my austin impersonation (laughs) (laughs) hey guys but i mean the point is like seriously nfc like i I don't get it but you know what i'm actually more excited about you're gonna Mm. laugh at me because i know you're gonna laugh at me david because both of (laughs) you and i spend our entire days on flagships right Mm. i'm super stoked about the moto e yeah well 
That's an because interesting... it's going to be $99 in two weeks. Yeah. Like it's that's 159 true. right now. And you know it's going to be 100 bucks by midsummer. That's and true. And for 100 bucks, that thing has a Snapdragon 632. That is blowing my freaking mind. Yeah, for $100, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> but two gigs of RAM. Yeah. You can't run anything. On you that can't thing. run that as your main phone. You got to use it as like just an interface for like your smart home or something. That's going to be brutal. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's the only thing holding me back from getting super excited about it. Like, yeah. I mean, the cameras are, it does two cool cameras. So it has a depth sensor on the back. It's yeah. pretty cool. The display is 720p, but it's smaller, uh, 6.2, mm-hmm. I think, instead of 6.4. So that's perfectly fine. It's still large. <laughs> the battery is 3550 milliamp hour, something like that. So that's going to be okay on a Snapdragon 632, which is pretty mm-hmm. efficient. And and it's not it's all plastic, but it's got the you know fake glass plastic in the back, so it actually yeah. looks pretty sexy. Like I think it's good, but like two gigs, come on! Like yeah. I think they should have put four gigs on the G Fast to at least match the G Power. The G yeah. Power should have had six gigs, yeah. and then they should have put like uh you know they should have put three at least three gigs on the E. Like I know it's not still too little, but come on. Yeah, I agree. It's rough. I don't yeah. know. Maybe yeah. we're asking for too much. I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's our jobs, right? To ask for yeah, too much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. We're doing yeah. it. We're asking for too much. So anyway, those phones are announced. They're going to be out, uh, I think, June 12th. Um, so if you're looking for a really cheap phone, like a almost disposable but unlocked, I think Best Buy is going to carry those and others. And some yeah. of the carriers like Boost Mobile will have them. So, you know, check it out. I think some of the carriers in Canada as well. 199 for the GFast, it's going to go down in price quickly. And mm. 159 or 49 or whatever it was for the E, and it's going to go down in price rapidly after that too. Yeah. So because motor phones always go down in price rapidly, which yeah. is kind of nice about them. Yeah. I always say like to my friends, I have a friend who's bought, I think, three or four of the G series over the years. And he just pinged me and said, hey, I see a new G series. My phone's dying. He's got like a G5 or something. And I said, "Oh yeah, get the G Power. That's it's gonna be less. Yeah. It's gonna be close to two hundred very soon. And at that price, it's actually pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. For like a non-power user, you know. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um, we talked about a little bit about the Pixel Four. So let's jump into that because um, Nine to Five Google discovered a while back. I think it was in February that um, there was a seller on maybe on eBay or something." Uh, a Chinese seller was selling a shell, a rear shell mm. of a Pixel 4a XL, not mm. the 4 XL, not the 4a, but the 4a XL. And it clearly looked like the camera pod had dual cameras. So they went ahead, I think they went ahead and bought it um, and they received the part and they did a photo shoot of the part hmm. on 9to5 Google. And so the link will be in the show notes alongside uh, David's Galaxy review and some details on those G series and E series phones. But I think the this is interesting development. So the Pixel 4a XL has been as far as we know canceled, right? Yeah. Yeah, apparently they're just going to do a 4a. They were going to do a 4a XL with a dual camera system. Interesting. What do you think was in there? Do you think there was an ultra wide in there or a telephoto like before? <laughs> That's kind of what we all want to know, right? I would lean on it being ultra wide. Um, Me too. But at the same time, these things go back in development by like at least a year or two, and it was probably being made 
around the same time as the time four. As the four, yeah. And because of that, we all know what happened with the four and the ultra wide. <laughs> so, um, you know, Google said that it didn't need to have it. Nobody uses ultra wide cameras, yada yada. Oh, uh, they're so wrong. Even though they have the AI zoom that makes regular zooming better and makes you quote unquote not really need a telephoto. So it's like. <laughs> Anyway, it's so weird. I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong. Google's I think Google. the Pixel 4 camera is solid as a rock, and I'm sure the 4A is going to be solid as a rock too. Yeah. But I really, really hope that the 5 next year has three cameras. It better have three cameras. And I feel like it'll have two, but we'll see. <laughs> well, you know, I think you're right. I'm a, a bit worried about that too because I think I think you might be right simply because there is a tendency time. now for flagships to omit the telephoto altogether. Oh, Look yeah. at the OnePlus 8. Look at the um, the V60. Look at, I would like to say, the Galaxy S20 because anyone who doesn't know this yet, other than the Ultra, which has a periscope telephoto, which is a proper telephoto, the uh, 64 megapixel telephoto on the S20, S20 Plus, that's not a telephoto. They're using the resolution of the sensor to yeah. get zoom in. It's like the um, V60. Correct. I, I gave them a lot of crap for and, that. And, and they're, they're using the, the sensor thing. for doing 8K video as well. So yeah. they're doing it, you're doing different things with it. So it's it's kind of cheating. And I don't like this cheating. I, I, I am yeah. not on board. I want yeah. my real optical telephoto. And ugh, seriously, yeah. like, please stop doing this. I, it sounds like the Galaxy Note 20 is going to also have a fake telephoto. And yeah. I just don't like it. I don't yeah. like it. I don't. It's not right, David. How do you feel? Are you are you cranky? I'm an optical camera person, and I call out companies constantly when they when they fake optical zoom, or that they say that they have more optical zoom than they do. OnePlus started that with the Seven Pro. Right? Yeah, I gave them a lot of crap yeah. for that. I gave them a ton of crap for that last year, and then um, Xiaomi on the Mi Note Ten, literally on printed on the back of the phone, it says five X optical zoom, but it's actually only like. 2.4x or something and then they use ai and cropping crop. and stitching oh jesus and it's like <laughs> it literally says it printed on the back of the phone and that's i'm like that is market like misinformation <laughs> yeah so. speaking of the the mi note 10 that you reviewed a while ago yeah. the mi 10 is in my hands right now i have a non-pro version of the okay. mi 10 5g the pro is really good honestly i love that phone Other, yeah. again no telephoto though yeah you know, big 108 megapixel main sensor does zooming very well because uh, lots of pixels, but no telephoto, only an ultra wide. But it has a macro, and like it has all like all these. What's with the macros everywhere? And I was just gonna bring that up. <laughs> I was like, it's so pointless. Like it's like there's like somebody has a surplus of macro modules out there. It's like yeah. um, I'll sell you a macro for five bucks, five bucks, five bucks. I actually was asking someone about that yesterday, and basically the consensus was like. It's way cheaper than putting a telephoto in a camera, and it's really, Correct. really easy to just add a camera to the spec sheet, right? You can just slap it on there. And it's like OnePlus putting a two megapixel macro camera. Like, what are you talking about? Oh my God, don't even get me started. The OnePlus 8, I am so mad about that. You know why I'm mad <laughs> about that, David? Not only because of what we just talked about, yeah. but did you realize for one second that the ultra wide on the 8, not the 8 Pro, the 8, is the exact same module and sensor as the ultra wide 
on the 7T. Yeah. And guess what the 7T ultrawide lets you do? It has a moving motor that lets you do macro. <laughs> Correct. And no, but it's 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 in there on the I 8th. Know. It's just I not know. enabled. I so know. they disabled it in software, which would have given the macro lens autofocus capability. Yeah. And then they put a shitty two megapixel fixed focus. Yep. It's fixed focus. Yep. <laughs> I just don't understand. I'm the only thing I can come up with is that they wanted to add another camera to the Yeah, they wanted to have three cameras sheet. in the back. They wanted to be able to say that because the telephoto is expensive. I get yeah. that. But like why destroy a feature that is so good on the 7T that is 499 right now yeah. and so good on the 8 Pro which is also obviously more expensive. But like like why not put that third camera and make it like, you know, here's a crazy thing. Why didn't they put the third camera, the the same uh, like camera without an infrared filter, like they did on the eight Pro, <laughs> like that that weird color, whatever the color they call it. filter camera, color yeah. filter camera, like it was completely gimmicky. It doesn't do anything, but yeah. at least you know you had three cameras in the back then. It's also a cheap module, yeah. and it would do something different and cool, and you could still have macro with autofocus by using the ultra wide guys. Come yeah. on, like I don't why know. did you do that? Ah, oh, it. It, I'm so glad I'm not the only one who's totally butthurt by this. Like, I've had this conversation with other people and they just shrug at me. And I'm like, you do not understand. This is so, yeah. this is so wrong. And this is, this is like, you know, bringing it back to like the true optical zoom. This is why I am so sad that Huawei has led to the fate that it has. Because they are like some of the only They're ones the that leader. are doing actually awesome prism optical light zoom it's not ai yeah. crap like they do have really good ai stitching if you zoom more but at least they have true optical zoom and it's really good so and with the p40 pro non plus the pro mm -hmm. you get an ryyb sensor on mm -hmm. that 12 megapixel telephoto so you yeah. get this incredible Even light more performance light. yeah yeah the light yeah i remember when i did my p30 pro review and i did it in morocco and taking photos at night in Morocco with the P30 Pro is like, this is like magic. <laughs> this I is know. like, what the heck? Yeah. yeah. And so it's even more what the F with the P40 Pro. It's, you're going to love it. I mean, you're yeah. getting the Pro Plus. I have the yeah. Pro Non Plus. And I'm telling you, the Pro Non Plus. So just to be clear, the Pro Plus will not have the RYYB sensor on any of the two telephotos, right? Just be aware of that. It's, mm. it's standard RGGB. Mm. So you're not going to get the low light. But if you get your hands on a P40 Pro, like borrow it from somebody, um, you're in New York, I'm sure you'll find somebody that can hand <laughs> you one for a minute. Yeah. But I would put them side by side for your review. Except, except I can't see them. <laughs> because, well, I'm sure they, you can meet up somehow. Yeah. Like, just clean it up, you know, whatever yeah. you need to do. But the thing is, I would suggest you get your hands on it because it'll be a very interesting comparison to compare mm -hmm. how much low light performance is affected by them, them not having an R Y Y B sensor on the yeah. telephoto of the plus. So, yeah, but yeah. Um, so uh, speaking of, of pixel and Android and Google, um, some weird stuff around Android 11. So Android 11 beta was supposed to be released like now soon. today. <laughs> yeah. It was leaked and delayed at the same. Well, it was delayed a few days ago and then yeah. leaked. Uh, some people, but by leaked, I mean, some people received the update on their, yeah, Pixel. they were supposed to get a security update and they accidentally got pushed the beta, <laughs> which is classic Google. And so there's a bunch of beta reviews out there. Yeah. 
if you look carefully, uh, especially yeah. Michal at XDA forums. Yeah, he's awesome about digging into that stuff. He's really, really good at it. So what stands out for you right now in terms of the features on Android 11 that we've seen? Anything? Um, I'll be honest, I haven't even looked. <laughs> Neither have I. <laughs> I'm not really that excited about new OSs. I mean, it's yeah. like, okay, as long as it works. Yeah, I haven't looked at any of the new beta stuff. Um, I do have 11 on my Pixel 4 just because, you know, I've helped um, add or make articles for like stuff that's new and all that stuff. But right. we, we're getting to a point where like it's hard to make any new features that are really that exciting anymore. Most OS like most OS updates at this point are just like security stuff and giving users a little bit more control or less control if Google wants to take away certain permissions and stuff, which they've actually done. Like yeah. in Android 11, installing um, APKs from third-party sources is actually more difficult now. Jesus. Uh, yeah, which I <laughs> makes me think that they're doing that because of Huawei. I don't I know. I mean, I understand, but I also hate it. Yeah. It was nice when there was a main setting in the menus where you can just say like, Allow me to do whatever I want. Let the floodgates open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But look, the reality is that I'm... Ex don't get me wrong. Just because I don't really sound like I care doesn't mean I don't care about Android 11. I do. It's just that for me, it's it's not that big of a deal. Like, I will get it when I get it on my Pixel and on my OnePlus 8 Pro, which is not my daily driver, mm -hmm. but I also have a Pixel 4 XL that I use. So I'll get it when I get it and I'll enjoy it and I'll probably loathe some some of it but the reality for me is that what i like about android stock android pixel android is that it is slowly getting and gaining some of the really good features mm -hmm. that other manufacturers have added over time like scrollable uh screen screenshots yeah is something that or screen I think, recording or screen recording which i think really like you kind of have to have right now yeah um, and so it's nice to see those getting added, et cetera, et cetera. But I feel like overall, I'm not jumping up and down with joy. Like I could hang on to my phone running Android 10 for a while and be perfectly happy. Yeah, for the rest of my so, life. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. Um, I mean, eventually it's going to get a little dated. I don't know if you've looked at an old version of iOS phone pre-iOS yeah, 7. Yeah, it's probably bad. But it looks yeah. like, it's like looking at Windows 3.1 now, <laughs> yeah. you know? Or even Windows XP. My God, look at Windows XP yeah. if you have a chance. It's yeah. pretty scary. Yeah. Um, speaking of cool Android phone with cool cameras, this is the third week in a row we're talking about the Vivo X50. Oh, yeah. Because the gimbal leaks and then there was the actual announcement mm -hmm. and then this week they actually launched the entire x50 series yeah. as a global launch which is like yeah. what i didn't know viva did global stuff now yeah i'm hoping they change their os a little bit to uh to make yeah to make it work well for global markets it's color os or whatever it's called no what is it called uh fun touch os fun touch yeah color os yeah. is oppo color os has gotten really, really good. Yeah, ColorOS, um, I've got the Fine X2 Pro, and wow, wow, wow. Yeah, ColorOS 7 on the Fine X2 Pro is like completely new and amazing on that phone. But the last time I used FunTouchOS on the uh, Vivo, Vivo Next 3 or something? something? Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. I went to China to find it and do it, and it was, <laughs> it was borderline unusable, so... I'm really hoping that they make it good because um, I'm actually writing a feature about that's related to this phone right now. Um, and it's it's basically about how like 
manufacturers are finally starting to buy into like let's make the sensor big 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 and yeah i love that vivo's helping on that train now so now you've got huawei you've got who else is who else was it? oh yeah samsung you know even though the 108 sensor on the samsung is not amazing um but the the sensor on the vivo is actually a samsung sensor so is that's it it. I, it says here that the vivo x50 pro retains the micro gimbal system but uses a 48 megapixel IMX589, which is the same sensor that we have on the OnePlus 8 Pro and Oppo Find X2 Pro, which is a baller of a sensor. Yeah, that sensor specifically has insanely good white balance, like the yes. best white balance I've ever seen on a phone. So, I mean, I'm excited about the fact that this, like, I personally think that Sony's IMX sensors are the best. Yeah, they've gotten right really, really, really good. I think that the 589 is the best sensor on the market, in my opinion. 589 is the best sensor right now. It's yeah. so good. Like I can't remember the, d- the details. Aren't the pixels like 1.2 microns each for a total of 2.4? Yeah, 2.4. They're, but they're binned or something? Yeah. For the Vivo X50 Pro Plus, they're using a 50 megapixel. 50 megapixel. Uh, and it's bigger. Is that the sensor that's in the P40 Pro? No. No, the P40 Pro uses a, a sensor that is 1 over 1.28 inches. Oh, right. And the one in the Vivo is 1 over uh, 1.31. But the that that is bigger than the Ultra sensor, though. Okay. And because wow. it's bigger than the Ultra sensor and it's 50 megapixels instead of 108, uh, individual pixel size is larger. So you can And that's actually... the Samsung one. That's the one you think is a Samsung pixel uh, sensor. Uh, I need to check. Because I'm looking at the Android Authority story right now that um, Hadley wrote, uh-huh. and it says the specs are this. The main, so there's three Vivo X50s, folks. Yeah. In case you're, yeah. you know, because we're like breathing that stuff every day, but you you don't know. So far on the show, the last two times we've talked about the Vivo X50 Pro, which has a gimbaled rear main camera that's a Sony IMX589, uh, yeah, a 48 megapixel. So. It looks like the Vivo X50 has a 48 megapixel camera with OIS, no gimbal Mm. on the main. We don't know if it's the same Sony IMX589, but knowing that it's this is a BBK group, I bet you it's a 589. Yeah, because they tend to share a lot of their yeah purchases. You know. Well, what's funny was like Oppo originally said that the Find X2 Pro, like that that sensor was made specifically for that phone, (laughs) and then they put it, of course, in the OnePlus. And if they put it in the Vivo, it's like. Yeah, it's a BBK. Thing. I mean, that's totally a BBK <laughs> thing. And and again, yeah. you know, you buy you buy more as a group, you get a discount. Yeah, so, I mean, it's the best sensor on the market. So like, good for them. Sure, I mean, good for them. So assuming it's the same sensor, so Vivo X50 has no gimbal on the main sensor. Then has a 13 megapixel two times telephoto, eight megapixel ultra wide, and five megapixel macro. The Vivo the Pro adds the gimbal to the main sensor, has the same two times optical zoom, 13 megapixel has the same 8 megapixel ultra-wide, but then the macro is replaced with a periscope lens, so it has two telephotos, I guess? Mm-hmm. Just like the uh, P40 Pro Plus. Yeah. And then yeah. there is a Vivo X50 Pro Plus, speaking of Pro Pluses, yeah. and that has a gimbal, apparently, and has a okay. Samsung ISOCELL Bright yeah. GN1 yep. 50 megapixel sensor. Yep, that's what it is. Yeah. Woof. That's yep. gonna be killer. It's crazy that it's it's like better than the ultra. <laughs> it's like yeah, I know Samsung sensor division is is working faster than the mobile division is. <laughs> so. 
totally is. Yeah. Then it has a 32 megapixel two times optical telephoto, and then it has a 13 megapixel periscope and a 13 megapixel ultra wide. This thing is insane. Yeah, it looks crazy. Like, I love how holy it looks crap. too. It's so cool. <laughs> And so I don't know about the other specs, but I guess they all run Snapdragon. Oh, wait, no. The Pro Plus is an 865. Mm -hmm. And the regular Pro and the regular model are uh, 765G. Yeah. So 5G. That's actually one of the first phones. There's so few phones with 765G. It's so weird. I know. I know. Uh, At least not in the US. We haven't seen a single one yet. Yeah. And then batteries are... 4200, 4315, and 4350, respectively. Yeah. And then super fast charging, 33 watts and 44 watts, depending on model. You got a 6.56 inch full HD plus OLED with 90 hertz refresh for the X50 and the X50 Pro. And the Pro Plus gets 120 hertz refresh rate. Mm-hmm. Wonder if that's the same display as the Apple Find X2 Pro and OnePlus 8 Pro, which, as you know, have the exact same display but completely different calibration. Totally which is different kind of calibration. Amazing. And the the Oppo's calibration is way better, in my opinion. Oh, it's so much better. It's than so the good. OnePlus calibration. So I good. love how warm it feels. It's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I'm stoked. Here are the prices. 490 roughly for the regular X50, 546 roughly. These are Chinese prices translated to US dollars for the X50 Pro with the gimbal. These are for eight 128 configurations, and then it's 602 dollars for the. That's so cheap. For the the X50 Pro Plus in eight 128, and it goes oh, up to so cheap to more. Like it's it's insane. Yeah. Like, the gimbal itself is insane. You know, I had Richard Lye on the show last week from Engadget, yeah, my yeah, pal. Yeah. I love Richard. And we both decided, and I want to know how you feel about this, that the gimbal was the next big thing. Like after the periscope zoom, like that's a huge advancement in Have they shown any right? like video of that or anything? They have. There's a side-by-side video of non-gimbal versus gimbal, like okay. OIS, standard OIS and EIS versus a video at 4K okay. versus a gimbal at 4K and the gimbal is just blowing it. It's blowing it away. You can kind of see the the, the jitter of the, of the footsteps. Yeah, a little bit of of that, and then you see it's completely rock star. Like it's complete like okay steady cam. But look, this is super exciting. I'm, I'm I can't believe I'm talking about this phone for the third time in a row. <laughs> but I think it's because I'm super excited about it. this. Yeah. is freaking amazing. Yeah, and it's coming cool. globally. So whatever that means yeah. for the US, probably in the same way as who was it recently? Oh, Poco announced. <laughs> That the F2 Pro was coming globally. And you know mm-hmm. what they meant for the US? Oh, you can buy it on Gearbest. Gearbest <laughs> is our exclusive <laughs> distributor for the US. Oh, great. And I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to be hypocrite. Some of my affiliate links on the show notes are with Gearbest because I am an affiliate Gearbest. And they're great. But I'm just feeling like that's a cop-out to say that you have a phone coming to the US if you make it available on Gearbest. Yeah. Guys, come on. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of funny. Um, speaking of OnePlus, BBK Group, and all that, mm-hmm. the OnePlus McLaren partnership is over. Yeah, strangely, suddenly, yep. without much fanfare. I I kind of feel sad about that. I kind of enjoyed the once a year, you know, over the topness of the one OnePlus McLaren phones. Yeah, I would have. I would have liked to see 
that happen more, but I would also like to see the sales numbers of the McLaren edition phones. Oh, I mean, that's not the point, though. This I is know, like a Halo. Yeah. It's a Halo thing. Isn't it a Halo thing? Well, it is, but like, I don't know. Maybe one. It's either OnePlus decided they didn't want to pay McLaren a ton of money anymore or the other way around, right? Like, Yeah, it's kind of hard to see what happened there, yeah. right? I mean, are the Porch Design editions still happening with Huawei? Mm, yes, as far as I know... um, the mate for the mate series so there was a mate 30 pro porsche design yeah yeah and then yeah and oppo's got the lamborghini phones so yeah that's right lamborghini so funny with the cars and the phones yeah it is so funny yeah but look i mean this is sad and weird but it's mostly like how kind of coy everybody is about the end of this partnership they're all very polite about it but we don't really yeah. know this. it seems like there's more to the story but i don't also want to be a gossiper you know yeah why gossip about that it's it is what it is yeah i'm, I'm gonna miss it well i like the OnePlus 8 pro like it didn't feel as like perfect as every other OnePlus phone that I've reviewed. It felt like it had a decent amount of flaws. Um yeah. and the, it just felt kind of strange, right? Like why like, why did they make this decision? Why did they make that decision? Like for example, we were talking about the, you know, the macro camera and then the color filter camera makes no sense and like you know, they had to disable it in Europe because people were like trying to use it to look through <laughs> clothes and stuff. And oh, it's like god. God. <laughs> No, so. what was funny about the OnePlus 8 Pro's color filter camera was that how people were so surprised by what it does. You can take any old point and shoot, like a crappy old point and shoot that you find like at your local thrift store. I guess not now because of COVID, but when the thrift store is open again, go get yourself a cheap digital point and shoot for 10 bucks and then take it apart and remove. There's this filter right in yeah. front of the sensor that's called an IR filter. You remove that. And you have the exact same effect that you yeah. get with the color filter on a... This is not a new thing. It's just a cool effect. That's all. Yeah, it's like a full spectrum thing. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's just so funny. Yeah. The Honor X10 was launched a couple of weeks back. And somehow I keep forgetting to mention it on the show. And I'm not quite sure what to think of that phone. But it looks like a mid-ranger with a Kirin 820. I mean, it's, again, mm. irrelevant to us. I hate to say this because I love... I love Honor phones, mm-hmm. and as much as I love Huawei phones, but right now without Google mobile <laughs> services, yeah. they're kind of like uh, a, a challenge to recommend. Um, so what's cool about this though is that it's a mid-range phone, six point three, sorry, six point six three full HD plus IPS display, ninety hertz, uh, which is interesting because I think this might be the first IPS panel we've seen with ninety hertz. Because uh, the Razer phone. No, the and... Razer had 120 hertz at IPS, but it didn't have 90, oh. did it? Oh, you mean 90 specifically? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 90 specifically. Yeah. So what's interesting is that it has a bunch of cameras, and some mm. of them, like for a mid-range phone, are kind of like eye, like eye raising. 40 megapixel f of 1.8 RYYB primary camera. Hmm. So basically, the P30. P30 Pro. Pro, well, it's not OIS, main so probably camera. P30 main camera. Hmm, that's decent. Yeah, not bad, eh? Not yeah. bad for, like, I don't know what this is going to sell for. Probably, like, $250. Yeah. And then you've got 8 megapixel f over 2.4 wide angle. And, it, of course, <laughs> of course you have a 2 megapixel macro camera. <laughs> 
It's ridiculous. Literally now. murder me right now. The the other thing we didn't mention was that the Moto um the Moto G Fast also has a has a has micro a two camera. megapixel. But but okay, look. Well, that one's a five megapixel. But I mean, who cares? I have to give Moto credit though for one thing uh, on the G Stylus and the G Power. That two megapixel macro has autofocus, David. <laughs> hey, that's important for a macro. I just like, you know what's funny? Every time I do a briefing and they show macro camera stuff, they use the same photos. Your eyes roll. It's right. But they use the same photos. Oh, you mean Moto does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, Moto's use the same photos for every macro camera they've shown. so freaking funny. <laughs> oh. So needless to say, this is a China-only phone right now. Um, it's a 5G phone, so it's got a Kirin A20, mm. which supports 5G. Mm. It's kind of like the equivalent of like a Snapdragon 7 or 6 series. Is that a built-in 5G, pro- 5G modem, or is it the Balong modem? I don't know. It doesn't say here. This mm. is from XDA developers. They would know a yeah. thing or two about the detail. So here are the prices, folks. Six gigs with 64 gigs is the base price. 267 US dollars. Dang. Oh, oh, oh. 4,300 milliamp hour battery. Oh, it has a side-mounted fingerprint sensor, which tells oh. me that it probably has a hole punch in the front. Yeah. Because that's what uh, Honor's been doing a lot of. But look, you got to give them props for putting the P30 Pro camera on a $270 phone. Yeah, like, wow. that's pretty dope. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. I kind of wish I could get my hands on these phones. Uh, I should hit up Haya. Mm-hmm. She probably won't send me one. I don't know. I wrote a story for Android Police back in November, and, and it annoyed a lot of people at Huawei. Yeah. But I'm like, come on. I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. I love the phone. I love the hardware, but the GMS thing. I mean, what are you going to do? It's just not really practical, right? What are you supposed to do, though? <laughs> Literally, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's see. Uh, that I'm glad we covered that because I, I've just been forgetting to put it in the show. Uh, and, and it's kind of interesting when... I like to keep tabs on what the Chinese market looks like because it tells us where we're going, you know, yeah. um, in the West. Um, so this is also not a new rumor, but it kind of caught my eye and I want to know how you feel about it. Um, there are this very strong... Apple Insider has a story, very strong rumors of the iPhone 12 still coming with lightning and not um, <laughs> not type c connectivity and and the rationale is that probably on the 13th apple will remove all the ports and so they oh. don't want to introduce a usb c ecosystem change for their customers a year before going portless yeah that's a good in that point. case i can totally get it i get it i don't like it but i get it but if the 13 switches to usb type c at that point i'm going to be like Damn it. <laughs> you know? No ports on an iPhone just seems... Well, that seems totally Apple to me. Yeah. I mean... I mean... Ugh. If they do fast wireless charging, which I'm sure they're working on. Yeah, but think about like all the times that you're like out late at a bar with your friends and your phone just dies and you have literally no option. Oh, reverse wireless charging from their Samsung Galaxy S30. <laughs> <laughs> uh no <laughs> it's so bad no, i know I like know. power it's banks bad. are just gonna be dead like they have wireless charging <sighs> power banks but they're so slow you know maybe it'll be like okay maybe it'll be like the ipad pro right so the ipad pro has switched to USB C a yeah. while back and and now it's been a few generations so it's it it makes sense now they're well established in that and they've added support for reading drives and stuff now so it's actually usable but it has, they all have that three-pin connector in the back, right? 
yeah. for the keyboard. So what if the iPhone 12, sorry, 13, since the 12 will have lightning, that's what the rumor is. The 13, what if the 13 has three pins in the back? Like if it's just a pin, pogo pin? Yeah, for accessories. And then it has, uh, and of course that's very proprietary, right? And then it has, and that's just for power, basically. And then it has the wireless charging for everything else. At that point, you know, uh, I can imagine companies that do these battery pack uh, cases for iPhones that are super popular. What are they called? Um, uh, the Movi and... Yeah, you know the ones I'm talking about, Yeah, right? and like Zero Lemon and that kind of stuff. Yeah, those those, those will uh, probably piggyback off the, the pogo pins on the back yeah uh to to get tight integration yeah and so i can see something like them doing something like that i still don't like it (laughs) still don't like it no neither do i but that's apple you're gonna have to have a brand new car that has like a wireless charging mat like built into it or something if you're driving a lot there are a dime a dozen look on amazon like that's the thing right they're so 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 cheap now yeah and if apple launches their own high-speed standard you know it's going to become like instantly there's going to be a proliferation of MFI compatible high-speed wireless chargers. Yeah. Uh, that also Qi compatible for the rest of the world. This is there. true. I mean, I will say that like, like I don't go out that much anymore, obviously. Um, Clearly. But but we put wireless chargers all over our apartment, and yeah, of course you did. I want to use like I would like to use the Oppo Find X2 Pro as my main phone, <laughs> but I can't because. But I know like, that's the one big thing that I in my review on Hot Hardware I was like, oh my god, guys, why did you not put wireless charging on that phone? It's so good. Yeah, you could have even put slow wireless charging in here. Like I know, but yeah. it's the same philosophy. The 65 watt charging is freaking amazing, but like, come on, like this is why I'm using the OnePlus 8 Pro right now, just because it has wireless, wireless charging. charging. Yeah. Same with me. I'll be using the Oppo. In a heartbeat, if I had wireless charging, it'd be my main phone right now. It's such a good phone. Yeah, same. I like it more. I like it more than the OnePlus 8 Pro. <laughs> I love the Periscope lens on that. It's so good. Everything's so good about this phone. Yeah. Even the software is good on this phone. Yeah. I mean, it's not pure. I love it. As pure, but it's good. I like it a lot. Yeah. Damn. Well, so the last bit we have is ARM. That's again from last week. ARM released a bunch of new designs because that's what ARM does. ARM releases chip designs that are licensed by chip manufacturers and end up being in various Qualcomm, Exynos, Karen, and and other, uh, you know, and MediaTek chips. And so, you know, I'm not a big guru on this stuff, but apparently they have a whole bunch of new designs. So that means we're going to see probably some new chips coming out that are more power efficient, have more AI features. Etc. Etc. They say here twenty five percent more powerful than the for the Mali G seventy eight, which is the uh, mm. GPU versus mm-hmm. the seventy seven, which is the current design, and then you know twenty percent increase in sustained performance in quotes, whatever that means for the A seventy eight CPU design, which is a you know compared to the A seventy seven, and uh, you know so I think it's interesting simply because you know ARM makes the world go round, like yeah. It's hard for people to understand that because most people not even don't even know what ARM is. Yeah, they're one of those unsung heroes that nobody really knows. ARM is responsible for a proliferation of extremely powerful and power efficient mobile processors that are risk based that run basically the world right now because the world is mobile. And you know, even laptops are using ARM chips now. Yeah. Um, and so it's you know, basically anything like your your doorbell uses an ARM chip. The Pebble smartwatch I used to work for the company had an ARM 
chip in that like everything is an arm chip like yeah. uh, hard drive controllers uh, ethernet controllers wi-fi chips they all have tiny little arm processors in them yeah because arm is designs chip from like super efficient like iot devices all the way to like you know laptop and server they used arm they use arm and server farms for like yeah. big uh, amazon aws and stuff like that so I mean, I assume that AWS is using ARM and not Intel. It's way more efficient at this mm. point. But yeah. who knows? I'm not an expert in that. So, I don't know. How do you feel? Are you think you think ARM is like just chugging along or is there anything standing out here for you? Yeah, I mean, that's always going to happen, right? Like, um, they're accelerating a lot faster than companies like Intel have been. You know, Intel's are still stuck on 14 nanometer. <laughs> Uh, oh which God, is yeah. really, really sad. Um, yeah. I remember when I worked there, uh, they, I, I remember talking to an engineer and this was in like 2016 and he was like, yeah, we've got our designs ready through 2023. It's like, hmm. So you just think there's not going to be any competition that's going to force you to adapt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you've seen what's happened with AMD. And how they're like, you know, they're already on 10 nanometer, I think, and just like wrecking Intel on every corner. Um, and so this isn't, you know, directly in comparison to ARM, but I'm just saying that like, it seems like they've got a schedule and they're going to just keep making better architectures. And I've, I've talked to a lot of engineers about this because I've always been kind of interested in like, how, like, how do you just keep making things more efficient constantly? Right. Like mm -hmm. if you have a way to like make things better, like wouldn't it be like a huge revelation to be able to figure out an architecture that's even more efficient every single year? But apparently that's people's jobs. So, I mean, you know, um, Intel had an arm division. Yep. You know, and they <laughs> yep. sold it. <laughs> I remember I was part of that team. <laughs> That's probably the biggest uh, mistake they ever did, I think, because, yeah. well, you know, it's just weird how dogmatic they're about x86 architecture. Their chip know? was so bad, though. <laughs> like, no, it was, but that's not the point. Uh, you know, the point I'm making is that is that they could have, con like, continued, they could have kept it in the back burner, and then when ARM became a thing, they could have said, okay, let's let's get serious about yeah, it. Yeah, you know? this is true. This is true. I mean, they were so dogmatic. They were like ahead of the curve in a way, right? But they were so obsessed with x86. Like they wanted to, they wanted to put x86 in phones, which is just stupid. Like that's a that's such. They a... They did put x86 in phones. Do you remember some of these phones? I know. That's what I mean. Yeah. There was an ASUS phone that had it, that like couldn't run half of the apps on the at the time Android marketplace because because it was like <laughs> yeah because it was x86 and not ARM and it's just I know I know why would you do that. It's like the same thing that happened with Huawei, except instead of GMS, it's uh, it's it's the architecture. So, I mean, are you worried that, you know, it's clear from our discussion earlier with the A51 that the, um, you know, Exynos is not holding a candle to Qualcomm anymore. Mm -hmm. And MediaTek is still there, um, especially with their 5G chips. I think they're very exciting because their price points are very accessible. And I'm a big fan of seeing from $300 5G phones soon, you know, yeah. low band only, but that's yeah. fine. Um, uh, are you, do you feel like, aren't you worried about the lack of competition? I mean, the fact that <laughs> Kirin is out of the, Kirin is really out of the equation, right? Because yeah. they're Huawei and Honor only. And, you know, with all the politics around that, these phones manufacturers are not going to pick Kirin chips. Uh, MediaTek safe because it's Taiwanese. So we're going to potentially see MediaTek chips, but it's very clear that 
MediaTek is not selling well in the US, especially their higher end chips on phones because the carriers don't seem to want these phones, right? And the yeah. carriers dictate a lot still. And then and then you have Exynos, which clearly the carriers don't mind because while well, the Galaxy A51 is sold by Verizon with an Exynos chip. So, but it seems like the performance isn't there. The edge is no longer there. Exynos used to be somewhat competitive with Qualcomm mm-hmm. at the high end, but doesn't anymore. And then of course, Apple, but again, silo, it's like yeah. Karen, right? It's going to stay in Apple's land. Do you, are you worried that that really like MediaTek is kind of like the underdog, but isn't really getting the traction it, it wants, and then Qualcomm is just dominating? Is, well, isn't that a little scary? Look, I think we've all known that Qualcomm is basically a monopoly for the last like, <laughs> the last, like five years. They um, kind of are, right? Surprisingly, I think that they have trudged along fairly well they actually make pretty massive jumps year over year um yeah i'm not suggesting that qualcomm's not competitive i mean no yeah, yeah yeah but but we are starting to see an issue we are we are starting to see the problem of them being the only option in that the snapdragon 865 is an extremely expensive chip but if you want to have the flagship chip you also have to pay for the flagship 5g modem and a lot of manufacturers. But what I don't understand is why we're not seeing more flagships, like bona fide six hundred dollar phones, that are Snapdragon seven six five G, because that chip was announced alongside has built in five G. Because so carriers like AT and T and T Mobile, who don't have a big millimeter wave presence, I mean it supports millimeter wave, but you don't have to have it. It just doesn't seem to make sense to me. I think it's because manufacturers are worried that they they don't feel like they can release a flagship phone that doesn't have the best processor because Apple's phones, all of Apple's phones will always have their best processor. Apple doesn't have a mid-range chip. Their best chip goes in the iPad and in the iPhone and that's it and probably will go in the MacBook at some point, right? And so so like carrier, like a... manufacturers they're like we can't release a phone that has a cheaper processor especially you know mainstream companies uh because then they won't be able to market it against the iphone really you know and so they kind of have to fall into whatever qualcomm offers them and currently that's an extremely expensive chip so they've had to jack their prices up like you know oneplus's phone is almost nine hundred dollars and that's the most expensive phone they've ever released um, so that's that's already an issue. For sure, but it's worth it. I think. I mean, it's still a very competitive price for what you're getting, right? Of course, it's just it's just that like you know most people don't care about five G and five G is not ready yet. It's and and that is why I want to see those seven sixty five phones. Yeah, well, and that's why the Pixel five is supposed yeah, to have Pixel it. Five, but OnePlus Z or Z, right? Yeah. Like we talked about this with Richard Lai last week after that interview with Fast Company that Pete Lau did, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like cheaper OnePlus phones are coming. This is exciting to me. This is actually more exciting to me than the stupid OnePlus with its macro camera. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> it's it's funny because the, the phrase cheaper OnePlus phones are coming does not seem like it fits with their brand. Um, no, but maybe they're realizing that with this whole pandemic that maybe there's a uh, uh, room for that now. Yeah, Apple I mean, has certainly shown it. I'm pretty sure that's always been in the cards for them. It was always yeah. part of the plan to slowly. I do feel that the OnePlus 8 is a bit of an anomaly because as you said, the pricing of the 865 makes it difficult to reach price points that are more affordable. Yeah, I mean, the the regular 8 makes no sense. The regular 8 it makes doesn't. literally no sense compared to the 
70. I'm the, I feel like I was the only one saying this for Lever. Like everybody else was like, yeah, I think it's fine. I'm like, no, it's not fine. It doesn't have a telephoto. <laughs> it has a crappy macro. And then, and then it costs way too much for what it it's is. It's worse than the 70 in a lot of ways, in my opinion. I, I told people in my review on, I, on Geekspin, I said, you either buy the 8 Pro and spend the money and get the best. Or you buy the Or 17. you buy a 70 for 499 yeah. because you, honestly, you don't need 5G right now. So enjoy. Yeah, yeah. That was exactly yeah. what I said in my review too. Because like I just... Totally. The 8 makes literally no sense in my opinion. It's like the same specs as the 70 with a worse camera system. So Totally. It's exactly it. You yeah. nailed it. New body and 5G and an 865, but who cares? So, yeah. Totally. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we should wrap it up. Do you want to tell the audience where they can find you on the internet, your various social handles, and of course, pimp some Android authority in there, will you? Sure. Um, well, I'm most prevalent on Twitter, and I'm at DervidML on Twitter, D-U-R-V-I-D-I-M-E-L. Uh, I'm also on all the other social platforms just at my regular name, so at DavidML on Instagram and pretty much everything else. Uh, if you want to watch my videos or read my articles, uh, they're on AndroidAuthority.com and the Android Authority YouTube channel. Yay. Yeah, you should read David's reviews. And the videos are really, like, you're such a great videographer. I love your video reviews. Thank so you. Good. Appreciate that. So watch Android Authority's YouTube channel, folks. Subscribe to all that good stuff. You know where to find me on the internet, folks. I'm at Tankerl, that's T-N-K-G-R-L, like the comic book character without the vowels. Twitter is a place to be if you want to chat with me about the podcast, comment, uh, correct me, express your opinions and feelings and thoughts about the show. Uh, it's really hard to have commenting on podcasting apps, so this is where you want to find me for that. Instagram is where you'll find some photos of the phones I'm reviewing, some photos taken with phones, and, you know, just live photos in general. And then uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast. That's youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast is where you're going to find the uh, video content for this channel. There is some unboxings mostly, but some also some hands-ons, some reviews, that kind of stuff. Check it out. Um, I also write for Hot Hardware, Geek Spin, and Android Police from time to time, so check that out. Please uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, tell your friends, all that good stuff, notification bell, you know, comment in the videos as well if you can. As for the podcast, it lives at mobiletechpodcast.com. So if you're just joining us and want to subscribe, go visit mobiletechpodcast.com. Uh, there's also, you'll find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, pretty much everywhere. I say we because I mean me and my guests. And um, it's, since there's no kind of standardized ways of commenting, again, use Twitter. And also, please rate the podcast and or review the podcast, depending on what platform you're using. You sometimes have the option to do that. It really helps us to get reviews and ratings and then uh, there's a donate link in the show notes please consider donating uh, it helps because I have to do this on my own and you know it's not like I make a lot of money from sponsorships and stuff so please consider donating and finally I want to thank our sponsor Audible Audible is the platform for audiobooks so if you like to read and you like to listen to books being read to you you should really check them out and the reason I'm bringing this up is because we have a partnership with them where if you join Audible if you're not already a customer you can actually support the podcast so there is a special link in the show notes audibletrial.com slash mobile tech that's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech if you click on that link in the show description you'll be able to you know support us you can sign up for audible check it out for a month for free you don't have to uh stay if you don't like it 
although I think you should. But uh, you keep a book at the end of the trial and you help us out whether you stay or not. So please consider joining Audible through that link in the, the show description and the show notes. I also want to point out that they're a really great platform for audiobooks. That's kind of why I went with them. I really love books and sometimes you can't read a book. Sometimes you're driving or whatever and it's nice to have a book read to you. They have a lot of choices, a lot of selection. A lot of books read by the authors are just kind of my favorite thing. So check it out, audible.com. I want to thank them for being a longtime sponsor and you should consider looking into them. David, I also want to thank you for being on the show. Thanks so much for being here. Sure. Thanks for having me. It's been a while since I've done one of these, so it's good to, I know. Good to podcast again. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have you. And uh, we'll definitely have you on again at some point in the future. And folks, you know there'll be a show next week, so please stay tuned for that. And until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.